Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Now over to chapter 23. Proverbs is, for the most part, a collection of short, pithy statements. Verse number 17, Proverbs 23, 17. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. I'm giving this message the title, Coals of Fire. You might think that this theme comes from a very familiar scripture that I did not read this evening, and you'd be right there. Romans 12.20 exhorts the Christian saying, If thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Coals in the Greek is the word from which we get the English anthrax. Anthrax is an extremely dangerous bacteria if it can get into your body. The fact of the matter is anthrax is very common. It's found in most dirt, but it doesn't get in us and it doesn't attack us except under very special circumstances. It has been taken by terrorists and weaponized. And in that, it can become uh, a poison. It can kill people. Paul was saying there in Romans 12:20 that when we show kindness to those who hate us, we weaponize kindness, love, hospitality, generosity, and through that, we can bring those people down, weaponizing kindness. The two scriptures which I've taken from Proverbs refer to or speak of coals of fire in a different regard. Tonight's theme is envy or jealousy. In this, I'm reiterating a theme that we touched on a couple of weeks ago, but we're taking it in a little different direction. And of course, this is another in our series on the sins of the saints, the sins of the saints. And in that regard, I hope you realize that I'm taking my cue for these messages from me, myself, and I not necessarily from you. I'm not surveying the congregation and finding out things that need to be brought out and attacking you from my uh, high tower, nothing like that. This is about me. And even though my sins may demonstrate themselves differently than you, they are related to sins that you might be guilty of. And then again, maybe not. So just, uh, if it's not you, just pass it on to your wife or whatever. <laughs> In this case, jealousy may be considered one of those innocuous sins. <coughs> Excuse me. Something innocuous is said, or is thought to be harmless. Okay? Envy and jealousy are harmless sins. No, they're not. I looked up the word innocuous in the dictionary, 
just to make sure that I was using it correctly, and I do that pretty regularly. Dictionaries are not only helpful, but they are insightful, and sometimes they're just a whole lot of fun when you get a good dictionary. Let's just put it that way. I learned that the word innocuous comes from a pair of Latin words which mean not hurtful. Oh, that's what I thought it would say. Not hurtful, not harmful. No surprise, what I expected. Webster reiterated the definition that I already knew, but then he did surprise me by saying innocuous applies only to things, not to humans. Innocuous things. People are not innocuous. Does that mean that Daniel Webster thought that people are never harmful? Is he saying that we are harmful to one another? Seems to be. Seems to be. Certainly does agree with the Bible. But that doesn't agree with the uh, common thought today that there's a little bit of good in all of us and all we have to do is find it and stoke it a little bit and everybody will be all right. All it takes is a little observation to see that there's a great deal in every one of us that is not harmless. And I know for a fact that uh, I can hurt people. Oh, not with my fists. I'm not much of a boxer, but oh, I can with words. And we all can with words. We have to be careful. We're not innocuous. People sometimes think that jealousy is one of those personal sins which doesn't harm anyone until it is connected with some other sin. In itself, it's okay, but when it links with other things, it gets into trouble. Envy is fine until someone decides to steal what it is we desire from that other person. And then, well, that becomes a crime. Many people are jealous of others, thinking only that the jealous person knows of it. I am jealous of you. Nobody understands that. Nobody knows that except me and my jealousy. No harm done. No foul. Nobody knows. There is no blood. It's okay. Nope. The Bible says that jealousy is not harmless. It is not painless. It is not kind. And it's not necessarily invisible. People can see jealousy in our eyes. It is rotten to the bone, and it is rottenness to the bones. As dangerous as murder, it has many times killed both the object of the envy, envy but also the envier, the jealous person. If, as our Lord told us, anger is, considered, is counted as murder in his sight, and if lust is equivalent to adultery, then I don't think I'm too far off course to say that jealousy might be recognized by God as theft, hmm. greed. I think that was in the context we used this, these ideas before. With that in the background, Ask yourself, how much jealousy is there hiding in my heart? Mm. How much of what I think is stained by envy? How many of my opinions about others are corrupted 
by things that uh, I wish they didn't have, but I did have. How many of the things I do, or do I, that are influenced by jealousy? How often am I overcome by the green-eyed monster, jealousy? I guess it was Shakespeare who coined the phrase green-eyed monster. Have you ever heard that? Green-eyed monster. He used those words in Othello. Iago said to Roderigo, Beware, my lord, of jealousy. It is a green-eyed monster which mocks the meat it feeds upon. And it seems to be that the, the idea was the cat, the pussycat, with the green eyes. He wants that mouse so badly. And when he catches it, he plays with it for half an hour before he eats it. Toys with it. Plays with it. Jealousy is a blend of hatred and love. Hatred for this person. Love for that particular thing. Which tears up its host. Turning him into a demented animal, says Shakespeare. And there are a lot of people who think that cats are all demented animals. I see some heads nodding. I have authority to preach on this subject because the Bible has a lot to say about jealousy, about envy. There are quite a few scriptures. There's Ecclesiastes 4, 4 through 6. Again, Solomon says, I, I considered all the travail and every right work that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. Here's this fellow, he goes out and he works really hard and he makes a good living and he buys all these nice things and he's envied by his neighbor. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. That fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh, yearning for what his neighbor has. The meaning here is that jealousy is a slave driver. It tortures people. It drives them through life drives them through school, into perhaps jobs that they hate. But they get that job because that's the only way I'm going to get these things that I want to have, going back to that greed or the envy of someone else. The scripture reminds us that jealousy, like other sins, is ruthless. It's mean. Wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? Oh Does this suggest that envy is more dangerous than wrath and anger? Seems to imply that. Song of Solomon 8.6 Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave, the coals thereof are coals of fire which hath the most vehement flame. Look into your heart and see if you can see any jealousy lurking there. You might have to look pretty hard. Jealousy is not the kind of sin that likes the limelight. It likes to hide. There are others that are like that. It's not the sort of sin of which people boast. The drunkard may brag to his buddies about his wife beating, his cheating, maybe even murder, 
but rarely does he brag about his jealousy. You know, that just doesn't come up. And when we're saved, when we're redeemed, there are things, there are sins which give us pain in every step that we take, like a sprained ankle. Every deeply rooted curse word stabs into our hearts after they're spoken. And like a canker sore, every lie soon echoes and reverberates throughout our mouths and souls. But not so jealousy. Stays hidden. Not one of those kinds of sins. It hates to be seen. It hates to be felt. So it folds up and crawls into its shell, but it's still there. It sends out a poisonous chemistry that can uh, influence our whole lives, even destroy lives, but the source of the poison often stays hidden away. Jealousy, envy. There was a nice family many years ago, mom and dad, two sons. The parents were well-known Christians. Their boys were religious. They were well-taught. Nevertheless, one of those sons thought that the word of the Lord was only for reference purposes. He believed in free will, apparently thinking that God would accept whatever he had to offer him. Those were days when God looked direct or took direct and obvious action in people's lives. As each member of the family brought their sacrifices to God, Jehovah would personally respond and approve where approval was, was appropriate. The eldest boy wanted the Lord's approval as much as anyone else in the family, but he wanted it on his own rules. And God does not play that game. So the Lord had respect unto Abel's sacrifice, not unto Cain's. Cain was swallowed up by the green-eyed monster of jealousy. The Lord counseled with him. The Lord provided a means to draw this uh, uh, poisonous anthrax out of his life, but he chose not to take it. And eventually Abel was murdered by his jealous brother Cain. The first murder in human history was motivated somewhat by jealousy. And in that murder, we see the despotic power of jealousy. Have you ever really grasped the ruthlessness with which we are capable in the area of, of envy? Those brothers lived in an almost sin-free society. Almost sin-free society. It was in their hearts. But they didn't have billboards telling them to do this and that. They didn't have the internet uh, ticing this and this and this and the other thing. Uh, it was a completely different kind of society. They, and they were relatively religious boys. But one of them had within him a heart of envy. We cannot afford to underestimate the power of any sin, including this one. A few weeks ago, under another context, I used that illustration. And I used another as well. In the history of Joseph and his brothers, 
There's an ex another example of the insanity of envy. Joseph had a couple of dreams about his uh, particular supremacy over the rest of the family, mother and father, and of course all the rest of the boys. And he shared them with his brothers, shared them with his dad. Added to those dreams, Joseph's father loved this boy and showed favoritism toward him, showering him with attention and gifts. Genesis 37.11 says that his brethren envied him and eventually they plotted to kill him because of their jealousy of Joseph. And then there was another young man went about doing good and was an absolute blessing to his nation. He was handsome. He was intelligent. He was a great musician. He was spiritual. He had the blessings of the Lord in his life. And over time, it seemed that the whole nation fell in love with him, all except for the king. Saul became very angry at David because the people ascribed to him great victories, while to the king they ascribed mediocrity. Actually, the popular assessment was correct. Saul, plagued by the green-eyed monster, ate up the rest of his life, destroyed the rest of his life because he was jealous of David. What are some of the kinds of jealousy in and about us today? There are varieties that affect us men. And I could go on and on and on, I suppose, but the, just, just one, for example. Many little boys are taught from the cradle that they should expect to have power and position and title in their lives. Nothing can stop them from being, here's this, five-year-old. Nothing can stop this kid from becoming a professional football player or making a zillion dollars playing basketball, except for the fact that he never gets taller than five foot six and he has the coordination of a, a half-dead roadkill. But nevertheless, he has this in his head that he can do anything. Those people over there have a new car. I'm better than those people over there. Why can't I have a new car? That sort of thing. We live in a performance-oriented society. We all can be winners. We all must be winners. Something's wrong if we're not all winners. And so we envy the men whom we perceive to be more winning than ourselves. How often are people's desires for more possessions due to their envy of people who have those possessions. For ladies, there are some of the same jealousies, and then there are some that are peculiar to uh, their gender. The story of Rachel and Leah in Genesis 30 shows a very special kind of female jealousy. These two sisters were miserably and shamefully locked in a battle for family acceptance. If one got a bouquet of flowers, the other one wanted a, a prettier bouquet of flowers in a larger vase, shall we say. And then there were the battle of the babies. Leah 
cried out with all her heart, Blessed I am, for women will call me blessed, because she had given birth. Leah, who, who gave you the idea that blessedness is measured by the uh, opinions of your neighbors? She got that somewhere. And in contrast to Leah, there was Rachel, who whimpered, my, my, with mighty wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister. And she came out the loser most times. I saw a truth on the internet the other day. There are truths on the internet every once in a while. It was four cartoonish pictures. The first, there was a man driving an old car. And the caption said, I wish I had a new car like that one. The second one, a man on a bike sees the first man and says, I wish I had a car, any kind of car. In the third, there was a pedestrian who sees the man on the bike and says, I wish I had one of those. And in the fourth picture, there was a man in a wheelchair I said, I wish I had my legs back. I could do so much more than I can right now. The point is, there's always something about which we could be envious. While at the same time, others may be envious of us. I confess that I must deal with religious or spiritual envy. I drive by churches which are almost useless in their doctrine and their purpose. And I see their parking lots filled with cars, sometimes during the day, in the middle of the week. And I get a little jealous. Or I see a building that looks like a religious palace or mansion, and I think of our little box here on the corner of 12th and Spokane. Sometimes, forgetting that such things are in the hands of the Lord, my heart cries out, why can't we be blessed like that church? Why can't we have as many people as, as that church? Once in a while, I hear a really good sermon, and I get envious of the preacher's ability to remember and quote scripture, and I became, become a little envious. Sometimes I forget that God gives out his pounds and his talents according to his sovereign will, and I should be delighted with the few talents that I have, be satisfied with those. I should not be envious of anyone, especially in the area of spiritual things. I also can see how it might be easy to be jealous of another person's good health not a problem that I suffer. There's no natural reason why that 74-year-old man should live without the pains and the problems that I have. Why do I have these? Why can't I have that person's energy and ability, his ability to uh, uh, multitask? We were talking about that a minute ago. Why can't I be six foot ten? under a multi-million dollar basketball contract. I'm not satisfied with being five foot 10 and with two good knees and kidneys that function well. What's wrong here? 
We must learn not to compare ourselves to others improperly. Do you wish to be swallowed up, eaten alive? Proverbs, excuse me, Psalm 106. Israel soon forgot God's blessings. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And so he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Do you remember why Jesus was crucified? He went about uh, pointing out people's sins, as we heard this morning. But there's another scripture which... Uh, says, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? Because he knew that for envy they had delivered him to him. Haman, the Iranian, Mordecai, the Jew, Haman was an early type of Hitler. He wanted to destroy all the nation of Israel. Ezekiel 35, is good commentary on that man. It says, Therefore as I live, saith the Lord God, I will do according to thine anger, Haman. I will do exactly what you want, Haman. Is that really what you want? According unto thine envy, which thou hast used out of thy hatred against them. I will make myself known among them when I have judged thee. I'm going to judge you according to your envy. How did Haman die? On the gallows he built yeah. for Mordecai. His envy killed him, quite literally. Quite literally. How should I deal with my sin of jealousy? First, realize that God is always fair and absolutely wise beyond our appreciation of these things. He has his reason for giving beauty to Betty and genius to George and grace to Kelly. He's got his reasons. There are things we can change. There are things that we cannot change. We have to learn to accept them. Philippians 4.11. Paul could say, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Are you failing to see God's grace in your life because you're unwilling to grant him his divine wisdom, his sovereignty? We need to learn to let God be and not try to strip him of his sovereignty. Yeah. Second, without becoming as obsessed with ourselves, we need to realize how beautiful and valuable we are to the Lord in our weaknesses. We live in a world trying to make everyone fit into one society-designed box, and the Lord is looking for individuals, tall ones and short ones, Big ones and little ones, older ones, smart ones, young ones. The Lord wants us to be individuals to do specific aspects of his uh, uh, multifaceted work. We need to rejoice in the fact that God loves us and can use us as we are 
Assuming we clean up a little bit and get rid of this sin and that sin, that jealousy that we have. We don't have to look like or be like someone else to glorify our Savior. And then third, be honest with yourself. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. You are this person. Don't pretend you're somebody else. Right. James 3.14. Isn't a lot of jealousy like this? I am just as good as that person and therefore I deserve all the things that that person has. Sometimes the truth is, we're not like that other person. And if we had what he's got, we wouldn't know how to handle it. Humble people have no time to be jealous. They're too busy being humble before the Lord. Too busy counting God's blessings. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, in his time. The fourth thing to do in fighting this sin, but perhaps the first thing in order, is confess it to the Lord. Plead with the Lord for help. Recognize that it is a problem. We can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth or who strengtheneth us. We can have victory over these things. Believe it or not, there are probably people who are jealous of you. That may be hard to accept, but the truth is we all have things which others wish they possessed. Maybe it's not your bank account. Maybe it's not your head of hair. But it might be the fact that you have very few bills. It might be the fact that you are in reasonably good health for your age. Maybe it's your calm and quiet home life rather than the hectic life that, that they are in. Your coolness under pressure. Maybe it's that your mother is still alive and you get to talk to her whenever you want. Perhaps it is that there are a great number of people that love you. While enjoying these things, remember never to provoke jealousy by your words or your, your attitude, your demeanor. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another or envying one another. Minister grace to others by declaring their value to you. We all need people. And when this is true, we need to tell those people and explain why we need them. And third, when necessary, withdraw from people who show themselves to be jealous of you. If there's a problem that can be fixed, Correct it. But if the problem is irreversible, walk away. If there is any sin worse than envy, and I'm sure there are, we're talking about jealousy here. If there is a sin worse than jealousy, it is being pleased that people are jealous of us. Mm. And finally, if you're having problems with sin of any kind, 
There is a solution available. Christ Jesus gave his life on Calvary to deal with sin. Not just forgiveness of sin. His precious blood provides that forgiveness. And in the power of his presence and his Holy Spirit, there is victory over this sin and any other that might be plaguing you today. 